Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And don't forget, you can check out the home team broadcast of Ole Miss football, David Kellerman, the crew on Sirius XM channel 191 or on the SXM app searching Ole Miss Rebels. The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is there as well. I'm here with Bill Flowers, and we are going to talk about the offense again. And I guarantee you, Without even starting this conversation, no talking off air, anything, Bill and I are going to disagree about the offensive performance this Saturday. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. Thanks. How, how are you? Pretty good. It, it seems like y'all have some nice weather in Alabama. We do. It's been, it's starting to, starting to be uh, fall and it's uh, uh, a break from this scorching heat. Yes, seriously. Now, Bill, we talked about what you wanted to see last week, and you wanted to see 15 routes to the tight end, scene passes, pop passes, things like that. And honestly, we did not see that. But what we did see, in my opinion, is a concerted effort for the quick game. You saw hitches being thrown. You saw a a pop pass that Michael Trigg dropped in the end zone. Um, You saw Jordan Watkins filling that role with little slot hitches and things like that. I think they tried to do that and get us to where it needs to be. And the offense, as a result of that, completely opened up in the second half. Well, I I guess Kiffin and uh, Weiss listened to us. (laughs) They're sick and tired of hearing me bemoan the the lack of middle of the field and just use your brain and, and hit the middle of the field. The uh, the Watkins play was like okay, so you're telling me that that's that hard to take a slot receiver? Uh, you sp- you spread out the you spread out the defense, you go you go vertical and laterally, and then all of a sudden you break back in, and there's nobody in the middle of the field, and it's a straight shot to the quarterback. Is that that hard? And look, remember what I told you? I said if you had fifteen if you had fifteen verticals from the tight end or from a slot receiver, you will have majority of them are going to be completed. And most of them will be first downs. And that's exactly what in, in now tell hey, me, Bill, did, did we ever go back to that? Bill, um, um, your internet connection is, um, you're kind of freezing up. Okay. Let me, uh, I'll move to another location. Yeah. Just maybe the Wi-Fi is just a little See. bit weak where you are. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, but you know that that was the that's the uh, the gist of it. Just being able, to, yeah, just being able to get the uh, like we didn't we didn't run that play, but once uh, with Watkins, and you know I I don't think that's something that well, that was the first time we've run that play the entire year, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's something that you you're, you're trying to hold to your vest and bring it out for the sec play i mean that's a very elementary play like that's very everybody has that we just have never run it and so um the fact that they finally ran it and it was a very easy completion and it opened up things uh it opens up the lanes for the quarterback to run i mean it's just like that's the things that just bother me. 
It's like, why don't you take what the defense gives you? And it's taken us like they didn't do it last year. So, uh, you know, as people say that I'm not being negative or whatever. No, I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. Like it's not, this is not some, you know, complex play or this is a pitch and catch thing uh, that opens up the lane, the, the run lanes. If you've got a receiver, if you've got your tight end or your slot receivers catching the ball vertically, that's going to force your linebackers to spread wide to try to take that away. If they try to take that away, then you run where where there's a void. Uh, they can't blitz like that because if you blitz like that, you take your you take your quick vertical and you throw behind the linebacker, and now they're stuck. So that's why I've said they have all the 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 tools to be as good as they want to be. They have all the tools to be able to control the ball. They will. Old Miss's defense is not good enough. And I think Lane knows this. They are not good enough to play in the SEC and to, and, and to go tit for tat. You're going to have to control this ball. You're going to have to use your run game and your passing game and control the clock. If they can't do that, they're going to get they're, – they're, they will lose. And so I think that by opening up that offense, opening up the middle of the field, using – Dart as that running back, controlling it, making sure that we don't score fast. Yeah, scoring fast is just going to put your defense in a hard position, and it's not going to be good for you in the long run. You know, the interesting thing is um, we've kind of gone um, – we talked about the offense pretty consistently for the last few weeks, but at the end of the day, we're saying the same thing. This offense is better when linebackers are basically being tortured and they can't be right. You're talking about using yeah. tight ends and the slot receivers to do that. I'm talking about jet sweeps and things like that. But at the end of the day, it is, it is causing indecision in the linebackers that's the important part in this offense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to help Juckins. It's going to help. I mean, like I said, yes, like I said, like I said last week, I said, if they don't get Dart running the ball, we're, it's not going to work. They have to just throw caution to the wind. And that's what they're going to have to do. And, you know, if that, being able to use dart as a as a running back just just really hurts the defense because he gets the ball and it's quick there's no delay there's i mean he he's a running back i mean that's what he is he's a running back that can throw the ball i mean he's like a fullback and and, and uh he's a great athlete. he got ability only thing i think that they that they're you know that's he's still he's still but he's got to pre-snap and if he if he can make some adjustments to really pre-snap reading i think he is going to be as good as you as as the ceilings the, the ceiling is super high with him you know i saw um the georgia tech game and and, and i had a thought pop into my head and Jackson Dart, I mean, he he's a quarterback and he can throw the ball really well. And he's not the runner that he is, but I, I see in the physicality, there's a little bit of Tim Tebow to his game. Yeah, I mean, I think he's – I mean, I would say he – from a quarterback position, he's – he's as – I mean, to me, he's a better passer than Matt Corral. He is no. – 
I, I, to me, he has, he, he's the, he's the best natural passer in the college football. That's, I, I truly think that I think he has out of all the, all, all the, all the quarterbacks in college football, his ability to just, just let ball pops out of his hand. He hits the deep ball really well, uh, just from a natural arm talent. So not a disrespect Tebow, but I, I mean, there's no comparison oh, yeah, he, uh, in that well, had, from a, from, from yeah, a running, I, from a running standpoint, you know, absolutely. I mean, he's, that that that's where he is and so you know i, I think you know tebow was tebow was more of a a, a a a real pounder darts got more wiggle room he got got more wiggle i mean so he really is a great quarterback and i think that comparison of a of a, a running quarterback like Tebow is is there uh I just wish he would just have a better pre-snap read and be able to hit things quicker. Yeah, and, and and like I said, with the situation, we've been calling for the tight end and all that, and we've been judging off of the potential and talent that we've been told that Michael Trigg has. The reaction of Lane Kiffin after Ma- Michael Trigg dropped that touchdown pass, that, that kind of said a whole bunch. Yeah, and, and I will say this. Triggs should have caught the ball 100%. But I'm going to tell you, that was a late read by by Dart. You're going to say, what? What are you talking about? That that was the number one read. When you're in that position, you've got to get the ball out of your hands quicker. And that's part of what I'm saying. He put the ball in a kind of a hard position for Trigg to make the catch. He should have caught it 100%. But. It's a he need it needs like you know that trig was your number one read. It was wide open, and there should have been no reason that that ball was any slightly behind. And now, I think with trig, I, you know, he has not produced like like people want like, like people wanted him to. You know, he he's not in there as, as a run blocker. He's not doing what 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 you know. I think what he's asked. Uh, you know, he, he truly is that, that tweener, you know, um, Rufus French was a great, was, was a guy before his time. And, you know, I, that was a, that was a guy that was a, that was just a, a receiver. And I know coach Middleton, who is a, you know, who, who, who's a great tight end coach. You know, told Rufus if he stayed one more year, he could help him. You know, you know, go further in the draft and 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 really help him be a, a better run blocker and, and and create more value for himself. And and it sounds like uh, that's just the issue with Triggs. It's like he's just not wanting to to be a blocker. He's kind of wanting to be a prima donna. Uh, I, I don't I don't know, but he's definitely not bringing the value that that we would like to see and obviously what Kiffin what was hoping he was getting in that transfer. You know, what I think is going to happen, and I've been calling for this all offseason, and that is when Priest Corn comes back and you have Priest Corn and Kyron Heath, who is going to be your number one and number two end line tight ends. Maybe Michael Trigg moves out and plays a little bit of slot receiver. If we don't have Zakari Franklin, that moves um, Jordan Watkins out 
into that position. You have Trey Harris potentially back. Maybe this game you start to see that a little bit. Because I do think Michael Trigg is more suited for, honestly, the role that Jordan Watkins plays. As weird as that sounds. Well, again, you're, you've got this tweener, the guy that, mm. that, that, you know, I would not, I would not put Triggs in over Watkins. And I know that's not what you're saying, mm. but, you know, one, does Triggs have the hands to, 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 to be utilized like that? Um, yeah, you know, two, to his, to his he hasn't had a lot. He had a lot of, a lot of balls thrown his way, uh, and the question is, is you know, with Watkins, that this guy has been productive. He's fast. He's quick. He's great in and out of his breaks, and so you look at somebody like like Triggs and go, is he fast enough? Is he like he's a guy that's a that's a red zone guy that can get him, you know utilize him in that in that's in that space um so he needs to me i mean is he going to be physical is he going i mean use him use him in the in the red zone for, you know get, get him out i mean harris harris is a big dude you got uh um you know number one you know, you know he's a big dude you, know, you utilize utilize him where he can. You know, obviously, if you've got him in the if you if you've got him in a in a tight end position, you know, in the line, and you know that's not going to be a run because the guy's not going to block. You know, that obviously hurts your your game planning. So, you know, the question is, when Prescorn comes back, do we ever see uh, Triggs on the field again? You know, that yeah. I think that will be that will be the thing, unless you see him in in uh, you know spread him out wide or put, put him in a, in a slot position in the red zone to utilize his size. Um, but I would not, I would not, you know, put him over any of our slot receivers who are productive, fast, get in and out of breaks, who are productive, who have good hands. Uh, Trick just has, hadn't shown me that he's, he's that good of a, of a pass catcher um, in and out of his breath, in and out of his breaks to, to be utilized like, like that. Yeah, and I think uh, real quick, I'm going to change topics for a second. On the touchdown pass to Jordan Watkins, people don't realize how good of a pass that was from Jackson Dart because that, they were going against man free. There was a guy in the middle of the field and Jackson Dart absolutely threw him open. The ball was caught almost at the numbers and that was a post route. And he completely threw him open. And I think that was one of the better throws of the season. Like I've said, Dart Dart has really improved from last year in his accuracy, mm-hmm. uh, in his deep ball, um, and that again, that's what just scratch. That's what makes me scratch my head about utilizing Dart's accuracy. Use the middle of the field. Uh, you you start you start throwing in the middle of the field in that second window. That's gonna. That is going to create problems for those safeties. Those safeties are going to have to come down, and if you've got a guy that has a high uh, percentage on his on his uh, deep balls, and he's fine, they're finally utilizing the middle and forcing one of those safeties to come down, 
that is going to wreak havoc on those defenses, especially the linebackers, bringing them out wide. You know you're going to have to kind of keep wide. You're going to have huge windows. They're going to have to keep the – you know, I think that's one of the things I want to see is that when these receivers break in, are they recognizing that it's zone and you look for the window and darts got to hit that window quick? If it's man, you know, those those receivers are going to run across and let Dart, you know, lead them. And he's got the accuracy for the middle field. He's got, I mean, he just don't throw it. And uh, last year, I think there was a lot of concern that he just wouldn't be able to hit the middle of the field because of reading the defenses and all that kind of stuff. He's a, he's evolved. He's gotten he's gotten more mature in that. They've spread them out so wide now that there's no reason to worry about two or three linebackers in the middle of the field and getting picked off. So uh, I'm hoping that this that you know they just throw it they they throw everything out the window this week against Alabama and say we are going to attack the middle of the field, we are going to use everything we can um, and utilize Dart way that way that he should be. Yeah, this is probably Jackson Dart's biggest start in his Ole Miss career. Um, I know he went to Tiger Stadium. I know Ole Miss was undefeated last year. That doesn't mean what this means. Um, th- this is going to be a big environment. In my opinion, this is a um, a corner game for the program. If Ole Miss goes over there and can get a victory, it's kind of the program turning a corner and moving into the upper echelon of the SEC, at least this year. And well, – um, and I think that what's really important, and again, I, I've harped on this and harped on it and harped on it, is that Ole Miss, our offense, is going to have to control the ball. Dart is going to have to show everyone that he is a top caliber quarterback by quick pre-snap reads when we have to throw when we have to throw these 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 short stuff. Because that's going to be our quick little short runs. We're going to have to run the ball, both both Bentley, Juckins, and, and Dart. But the key to winning this game is going to be just because we've got a Ferrari and we can run, you know, score at, at will if, if they can, doesn't mean you should. If you can, if you can, confidently say i'm going to ground it and pound it on you by running dart juckins quick hitches quick slants one of the i was thinking about this one of the 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 uh the year that marvin harrison had like i think he broke the i think he broke the uh um the receiving record of how, of of catches in a year when he was with colts with with with, with manning i think he had some ridiculous amount of catches, but I think 90 of those catches was a hitch uh, drive. And what that means is it's a hitch and you run toward the linebackers. So what's, what happens is if it's a, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, if your corner's on, you know, even press or, or just above you're, you're, you, you just come in. And the point I'm saying about it is that those are, that's such a high percentage throw. It's like a slant. It's like a hitch. 
But if you throw those balls, that is like a five, six, seven, eight yard run. So if you can control the short, the short game and control the clock, our defense is not going to be able to play in the SEC. They're just not. They 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 are not a great run game. Uh, they they're, they're not controlling the trenches like we need to. I mean, and it's not a knock on our. We we knew going into the season that. Our, that was going to be one of our weaker points was the defense. And so uh, the key to the game is going to be we can control the clock. We can control how fast we need to, to score. If we, just, if, if we just don't have any discipline in clock management and say, oh, look how fast we can score just to do it, then it, or that's the only way that we can, it, it, it's, it's going to be – it's, that's not going to be to our advantage. Well, um, what are the over in Alabama? What what are they talking about today? Well, they're they're very concerned about their team. I mean, I, I, I like I like I mentioned last last week the the transfer portal has dramatically reduced the uh, ability to say, hey, you know, our team is superior to yours uh, because of of our high school recruiting. Now you've got all these transfer portals that come in and it's a quarterback driven league. And if you don't have a quarterback that can truly win a game for you or, you know, be a great asset for you, it's going to dramatically, you know, diminish your chances of, of being a great football team. And so they know that with, with, with last week, those two, the two other options didn't, didn't show well which really surprised them. And now they know they're going to have to go to back to Milrow and Ole Miss is the curse. Like we, any quarterback that's, that comes, comes out, kills us, uh, that you're thinking, okay, th- this guy's going to get a chance. What was the quarterback at Florida? Will Greer. Remember, nobody knew about him. No, nobody knew anything about him. He comes out and just absolutely kills us. Ole Miss is, we're, I mean, I got. I, I'm terrified that Milrose is going to have a career day against us. Is going to throw for like 400 yards and 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 run for like 200 yards, and they're going to say, "Oh, we finally found our quarterback," uh, you know. And so they're they don't think that, but I I I, I that, that that's my fear. But they're yeah. they're highly concerned, and you know they're they're talking stupid stuff like Saban needs to start you know, thinking about retiring. And I mean, mm. I tell them, you know, I don't feel bad for you guys one bit. You know, you guys have, you guys have lived so high on the, uh, on the mountain that you don't even know what reality is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So they're affluenza. Yeah. It's called. Yeah. Mm. They, you know, they're, they're used to living in the, the Ritz Carlton and, and now mm. they're having to stay at the four seasons and they think it's, you know, they think it's trash. They, uh, I think they're the super eight. Yeah. I mean, they just, <laughs> they have no sense of reality and, uh, uh, and I, I, I love it. And, um, and I think that's what Saban knows is like, you know, these people are idiots. Uh, they just have no sense of reality. I mean, they don't, they, they just, you know, they don't know about it. You know, they don't, they, they, they forgot what the, uh, the years before he got there looked like. So, you know, um, with the exception of maybe 2004, um, you were on that team. But 
2000 and 2002, Ole Miss went to Tuscaloosa with the team that they expected to beat Alabama. Ole Miss had good football teams both of those years. Ole Miss lost those games 42 to 7 and 45 to 7. What 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 happened? Well, there were I remember the year before Alabama came and we we beat them and that was the first time that that Ole Miss had beat Alabama in 10 years. Mm-hmm. 10 years. Like that's crazy. So the following year they had us for homecoming which which was, you know, surprising, and they whipped us. And the following year, you know, we beat them again. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I think that, you know, it, it's – I don't think anything happened more than just they they beat us. I mean, there was yeah. nothing – it was not like, oh, we're, we're playing the almighty Alabama. I think they just – you know, you have, you have games where – the team gets out and just goes, and and and, and that's what happened. I have a theory, and I could be wrong. And yeah. I, I freely admit that, but I have a theory, and that is whenever you play at Bront Denny Stadium, and you start hearing that elephant, and they bring out the flags with the seven hundred and twenty-seven national champions with a four and six record, and all of that happens. You you could start slow. It, 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 just whatever it is, the ambiance, everything, it, it affects teams at the beginning. It's like Matt Corral two years ago in the get your popcorn ready game. There was kind of a slow start for Ole Miss, and by halftime that game was over. In the second half, Ole Miss was pretty good. But in the first half, they, they just kind of didn't yeah. start the way they needed to. Yeah, I think a lot of, every, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the momentum of a game of starting out, getting, getting the ball rolling. Um, I mean, you play in the SEC, um, uh, Alabama, you know, I would say has always had, uh, has been more talent than, you know, offer, um, probably than, than Ole Miss. And so you get to points where if you let a team get out in front of you, um, and you're at home, and you're at their home. It's easier to to lose the grip and 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 have to clear yourself out of a hole, and that's more difficult. So I think play calling, if you get the ball going, getting a good momentum, uh, trying to stay out of a hole uh, is is the biggest uh, is the biggest thing about that. So going out there. And again, that's that's my point on if you can go to Alabama, control the ball offensively, establish the run, establish the quick passes, establish the middle of the field, and keep our defense off the field, you know that you're in control. And whenever you get whenever you're in a hostile environment and you don't feel like you're in control, that you know you lose you lose. A, a an advantage and so that's why I think it's so important that, that we stay away from trying to score quickly but take the wind out of Alabama take the fans out of Alabama show them that we are in control show them that we dictate what we do on offense you don't dictate what we're going to have to do we're going to dictate it whenever you can do that and punch somebody in the face and just jump on top of them 
and just control it and just say, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make this quick and easy. I'm going to pound you and pound you and pound you and take the will out of you uh, by showing you that if we want to score fast, we can, but we choose not to, we're going to, we're going to do that. That's how you're really able to, uh, you know, win in these hostile environments. Anyway, thank you for making the Lockdown Almost podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Bill, we fought through some connectivity issues, but thank you very much for stopping by today. And, and if Ole Miss can get this win, if they can pull off this victory at Alabama, next week when I talk to you, it's going to be fun with LSU coming to town. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think uh, Alabama is, is right where Ole Miss wants them. Uh, I think uh, we're offensively, they're starting to starting to make the right the, the right uh, um, uh, changes and doing the right things. And so I think there's a great opportunity for for Ole Miss to to knock off uh, Alabama and uh, they do that. Then I think you've got um, some a good future in front of us. Outstanding. Anyway, Bill Flowers, thank you very much, buddy. All right, buddy. Hi, Toddy. Hotty toddy.